We've been counting down what I consider to be the most impressive prophecies of the Bible, and today we've reached number four on my list. Let me ask you this, if I could tell you the precise year in which the Antichrist would appear, would you be impressed with that? I, I don't know of any verse in the Bible that narrows it down to a singular year. We, we have the signs of the times, we can look at the political scene, the religious uh, atmosphere of the world, and, and we can see that his coming is drawing nigh. In Daniel chapter 9, we actually are given a specific time frame in which not, not the Antichrist, but the Christ, the Messiah, would appear. Now, it's one thing to look around at what's going on in the world, in your society, in your generation, and say, I think this special person could arise in this atmosphere, in this time frame. It's a completely different thing to say, I think that the most special person that the world will ever know is going to appear 483 years from this specific time. And that is exactly what Daniel did. So let's take a look at these verses today. In Daniel 9 verse 24, it says, Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Now I'm going to stop right there and just explain a couple things about the context and about this verse. Daniel had been praying a great prayer of repentance and asking God to fulfill the prophecy of Jeremiah, that after 70 years, uh, the people of Israel would be allowed to come back to their land. In response to Daniel's prayer, God sends out the angel Gabriel to explain to him that there's a greater plan that needs to take place. The 70 years of captivity are over, but now there are 70 weeks that are determined in order to completely fix Israel, get them back to the place they need to be, not only politically, but spiritually, and to have the most holy, the anointed one, the Messiah, ruling over them. Now, let's be careful that we understand the 70 weeks that are mentioned here. The Hebrew word for weeks is Shabua, which, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm sure some uh, Hebrew scholar can fix me on that. But the word Shabua, it, it can be translated weeks. That is a completely legitimate translation of it. But it's also the word for sevens. So what we're reading about is 70 sevens. 70 sevens comes up to 490. Now, I wouldn't blame anyone for looking at this and immediately thinking that we're dealing with 490 days, 24-hour days. But when you examine the entire context, the idea of rebuilding an entire city, which is mentioned in the next verse, bringing in the Messiah, having the Messiah cut off, uh, the prince of the people coming and destroying the city again, when you factor all of that into 490 days, that's a stretch of the imagination. But when you take into account the way that God deals with Israel when he's punishing them, it's going to give some insight as to what we're dealing with in the 70 weeks or the 77s that are mentioned in this passage. The timing system that God uses when he's punishing Israel is one day equals one year. 
Now, lest you think that that's just a private interpretation, I, I want to give you a couple verses that support this. In Ezekiel chapter 4, verse number 5, we read this. For I have laid upon thee the years of their iniquity according to the number of the days, 390 days. So shalt thou bear the iniquity of the house of Israel. So Ezekiel, God's prophet, he is giving the people a living illustration and he says, lay on this side of, of your body for 390 days and then turn over. You're going to lay on the other side. You can read further in that context. You'll uh, stay on the other side for 40 days. And each day represents a year uh, for which I'm dealing with Israel. And you see the same thing in the book of Numbers, chapter 14 and verse number 34. The Bible says, and after the number of the days in which ye searched the land, even forty days, each day for a year shall ye bear your iniquities, even forty years, and ye shall know my breach of promise. God made Israel wander the wilderness for forty years, and that was in direct correlation to the forty days that the spies spent in the land and then brought back that evil report and caused the people to, to doubt and have that unbelief. So this day equals year system in the Bible is an established system that God uses when he's punishing his people. So coming back to Daniel chapter 9, if you plug in that day equals a year system, then there are seven days in a week. So the days equal years, so that's seven years. So then 70 times seven, you have 490 years. Now in verse number 25, uh, the Bible breaks down even further how these 490 years are going to go. It says, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times. So we have two sets of time mentioned in the verse. We have seven weeks, which would equal 49 years. Then we have 62 weeks, which would equal 434 years. If you put those together, you have 483 years. Now, the question has been put forth several times. Why, when the angel's revealing this to Daniel, did he separate the time frame and put it into uh, 49 years and then 434 additional years? I, I don't know. I have no idea. I have heard several guesses, some better than others. But at the end of the day, I think it's all speculation as to why those two times are divided. What I do know is that in the book of Nehemiah, part of verse 25 was fulfilled. The restoration and the rebuilding of Jerusalem as a city, that happens in the book of Nehemiah. And that gives us a starting place for these 483 years. When you dig back into the history books and try to assign a specific number to the date in which this rebuilding project started, uh, you are going to find several different numbers. And therefore, I'm a bit cautious about throwing out one specific number. And this is also true, bear in mind, for uh, Jesus coming. Whatever year he was born, that's 0 AD. But when you try to match that up with other historical records, the number begins to shift. So some people will say Jesus was born in 4 BC. Well, you see, technically that's not possible. Regardless of the specific numbers that historians assign to these events, we have to work with the events themselves. One thing that we can be fairly certain about is that Jesus died at the age of 33. Now, why would it be important to recognize how old Jesus was when he died? Well, verse 26 is going to help us with this. 
It says, and after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. So we're told that the Messiah is going to be cut off. Well, then it brings to bear the death of Jesus Christ as the Messiah. Him dying at the age of 33 tells us where the clock stops. After the 62 weeks, now remember, we have to add on the seven weeks as well. So after 483 years, the Messiah is going to be cut off, which for a Jew to receive this statement is a tremendous statement because the, the anointed one, that's the word Messiah, it means the anointed one, is mentioned in the book of Psalms. And you can read in Psalms too how that the Lord will establish the Messiah as the king over the entire earth. There's no indication in that Psalm that the Messiah would ever suffer and die, not in Psalm chapter 2. And now to hear in the biblical narrative that the Messiah, who is said to be a conquering king, will have to suffer and be cut off, this is a tremendous statement. There's no reason to think that Daniel, just by studying the book of Psalms and what the other prophets had said, would come to this conclusion on his own, that the Messiah would ever be cut off. That's part of the impressiveness of this prophecy. Now, when you factor in the timing of it, the Messiah is cut off, we would have to say, biblically speaking, 33 AD, right? 33 years after he's born. So start counting at the death of Christ. He dies at the age of 33. So you go 33 years back. That takes us to 0 AD. Now remember, we have 483 years to account for. 483 minus 33, 450. So go back 450 years into the BC period. You know what you find? Nehemiah restoring and rebuilding the city in troublous times. Daniel was able to predict perfectly how long it would take from the rebuilding of Jerusalem until the Messiah would show up and then not only show up, but be cut off. And not only be cut off, which was a shock to the Jews that the Messiah could suffer, but not for himself. And we know that when Jesus came, he didn't, he didn't go to that cross for his own sins. He went there for hours. So the fact that Daniel is able to properly recognize and identify the time period between one event and the next, and then tell us what's going to happen to the most significant and important figure in the history of the world, and then verse 26 continues on and says, And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood, and unto the end of the war desolations are determined. In 70 AD, the Roman general Titus marched his army down into Israel, into Jerusalem, and destroyed the city exactly as it says in verse number 26, the city and the sanctuary. By the time you get to the end of verse 26, the prophecy is extended out unto the end, which takes you into verse 27, dealing with what we often refer to as Daniel's 70th week. So the 483 years mentioned in verse 25 has been fulfilled. We are now waiting for that one remaining week, which will be triggered by the Antichrist confirming the covenant with many for seven years. And I believe the covenant that, that the Antichrist is going to confirm is the holy covenant the promise that God gave to Israel saying, this piece of land, the land of Canaan, it is your land. And this is where we get the idea that Daniel's 70th week, or what we often call the tribulation, it is a seven-year period, and it will begin by the Antichrist signing a peace treaty with Israel, and thus allowing them and protecting them 
while they're in their land. Now, of course, halfway through that time, he's going to break that covenant, as you can see in, in verse 27, and the abomination of desolation comes in, and then we're into a completely separate prophecy that Jesus even referred to. You can look at it in Matthew 24, verse 15. He, he told people to pay attention to what Daniel said because one day they would see the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place. For me, this is one of the most impressive prophecies you'll find, that Daniel was able to predict the precise timing from one major world event, the rebuilding of, of the city of Jerusalem, unto the coming of the Messiah, then also properly tell us that the Messiah would be cut off, and then mention that the people of the prince that shall come will destroy the city. I don't see how a man by himself could have figured all that out. I believe there's only one explanation for these things and that it was God revealing these things to Daniel. And this simply confirms for us once again that what we read in the Bible is not the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God.